Hello everybody, this is Daniel here and today I'm really excited to share with you my conversation with Daniel Mitten, Director of Gaming at Soft2Bet. We talked about so many topics, covering things from his personal life to his work life, his newborn baby and how he balances between work and personal life. Uh, I find our conversation really honest and genuine and I hope you enjoy it. I cannot wait to hear your feedback on it. So without any further ado, let's just jump right into it. So first of all, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm highly excited, I have to say. Um, Pleasure. I actually have been waiting on, on the booth on, uh, in Barcelona for many hours, <laughs> many hours. People don't know, but yeah, many hours to, to get a chance to talk to you and to have you here. So yeah. I'm really happy. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. No, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you as well. Really and I'm also very thankful to you for being able to postpone it for in like one hour because I was with my boyfriend at the hospital. He had to do a little check ah. there. So I was like, ah, oh, okay, I need to okay. move things. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's perfectly fine. I mean, Oh, and life brings around uh, certain situations where we have to adapt. Yeah, so, exactly. Know, uh, this is a business we're in. So Most definitely. Uh, so yeah. first of all, let me ask you, what are you up to these days? Up to these days? Well, most, mostly just work, to be honest. <laughs> work and family, I would say. Um, I, I've actually just had uh, a one, well, I've got a one-year-old kid now, so I'm, I'm a new daddy. You're a new dad? So that, yes, yes. Uh, Still a young dad. I'm only 31, so I'm a, a young dad with uh, a lot of responsibility in my kind of framework as well. So mostly just family time, you know, spending time with uh, my wife, my kids, making sure they have the right attention, the needs are covered and everything. And then obviously making sure the actual business uh, itself continues. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in the right frame of mind, really. Um, I would say kind of the fitness side to life, which I used to love and enjoy and on my social side has definitely dropped off within oh, the last no. year. Um, so finding that balance and whatnot, that's uh, probably something I really need to improve on in, in the coming months and years. Um, but yeah, it, it's just taking on that new responsibility with the family side of things and, and making sure you have that, that right, uh, you know, life to work ratio. Yeah, I, I think this is the, the thing that we all struggle with at the end of the day, yes, balancing yes. between business and career and family. Uh, and I'm so happy for you to hear that you're a new dad. It was, there is one thing that you've learned that is yeah. new when you became a father. <laughs> um, patience. I would say patience is uh, one of my biggest flaws in the past. Um, and now definitely I'm a lot more patient character. <laughs> so, you know, it, it rubs off on your work and your social life as well. Definitely being a family. Uh, what's his name? Is it a boy, I guess? It's, it's, a, it's girl, a girl, actually. You're probably, you're probably looking at me, you're expecting a boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a strong little boy. But uh, no, no, she's a, she's a beautiful little girl. Uh, Olivia Skymitten. Yeah, she's, she's adorable. Yeah, I love her pieces. And for how many years have you been with your wife? Oh, not, not long. Three years now. Only three years. Yeah. So it was, it was very quick turnaround. It wasn't planned, you know, but it's a, a little bundle of joy. Now. Wow. Okay. So it sounds like yeah. a, a surprise gift that both of you Yes, got definitely. It. Definitely. And, uh, you know, my, my wife as well, she, she's vegan. She's very homely. Um, and she always has these philosophies about everything. So uh, she said when, when she actually got uh, pregnant, 
uh, with Olivia. She said that, you know, the babies bring money. And I was uh, a little bit, you know, facetious around the whole thing. And, and you know what? You know, the, the promotion started coming in, the opportunity started coming in with this baby. So, yeah, now, now I'm believing every word she says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because in the Jewish tradition, we also yeah, use yeah. the same phrasing. We have this phrase. Yeah, in, you too. Okay. In Hebrew, it says, uh, which in English would be okay. something like every baby comes with its piece of bread in his own hand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, That makes sense. So they bring gifts with them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, similar. Okay, okay. Well, my wife, she's actually Russian as well. So maybe there's some like passing beliefs or whatever. There. Yeah, so, uh, most definitely. Yeah. And you said you like to work out and now this is dropping out, dro dropping out a little bit. Yes. What yes, was your favorite sport? Um, I, I used to play uh, and watch a lot of football. Uh, but when I was, I think from the age of six, I started swimming. Wow. And, and that's how I actually got broad shoulders myself and then naturally just won't go away now. <laughs> um, but I was, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of a pain actually with the broad shoulders because, you know, you put, you put on weight and then, you know, You've got the big shoulders and you lose weight from your yeah. stomach and then eventually you're still in XL tops and everything's baggy down there, nothing really fits properly. You look so great, is, uh, you look great. To everybody who's okay, just listening, you, appreciate it. it looks great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, but I, I, yeah, from, from an early age, you know, it, it was swimming for me. Um, from from six-year-old, my mom, you know, did quite a big uh, portion of her life to actually take me to uh, these training sessions and I was massively into it. Uh, we used to do... Mornings at 6 a.m. before school, traveling 30 miles away from our home, um, then go to school. And then just to swim get up together. And, just to swim. Wow. So do a two-hour session in the morning. And so I was a little bit older by this point, you know, I was properly trained into it. My mom has got me up to scratch with the right techniques and whatnot. But uh, I think by 10, 11-year-olds, I was going to morning sessions three times a week. And then every, uh, I think it was six days a week on the evenings as well. So there's a total of nine two-hour sessions in a week at 11, 12-year-olds. Wow. So it's very much dedicated to the sport. Yeah. Wow. I have to tell you, I can, so I can relate a lot to what you just said about swimming. Because for me, when I go to mm -hmm. swim, whether it's in the sea or in the swimming pool, for me, it's like meditation almost. Like you get into the water and it feels like the entire world is going silent. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you can put your head underwater and there's no noise anymore, right? Yeah. There's only like the echo of the sea and and the waves so it's a beautiful thing i think uh you know i think there's a portion of us that is kind of meant to be with water yeah. um, and i'm also a pisces as well so oh. also links to that so yeah so you have this connection to water i'm cancer so i can i can really feel I, think, i think so yeah i think so definitely for me as are there any experiences or adventures or whatever you pronounce it my english is not my first language so everybody please forgive me i'm trying my best mm -hmm. here uh that you're looking forward no, you're great, man. You're good. <laughs> thanks um is, are there any activities that's the word i was looking for any activities uh that you're looking forward to do with your new uh new baby Everything and anything, really. The more, the more time, the better. And, and definitely, I am a sporting guy. So uh, she's already started to walk now. So oh. she, she's stumbling about the place. And she's already started to kick a ball. Wow. So we're getting to that point where, you know, I'm starting to see you know, little features about a person like where she wants to go with sport and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I'm eagerly looking forward to actually jumping into whatever sport she wants to do. I'm obviously not going to 
push her in any sort of direction, but I'll teach her how to swim. I'll teach her football if she wants to do bloody rugby or whatever and beef up those shoulders as well. I don't really care. You know, it's on her own wow. kind of choice at that point. You know, uh, I'm curious to ask you because we've talked about your, uh, your new baby. So I want to talk about you a little bit. When you were a child, what was your dream for yourself? What, what did you want to become? Yeah, do you know, it's funny. <laughs> I'm sat here in, uh, you know, a multi-corporation big business because um, when I was a young child, I had these grand schemes because obviously my name is Daniel Mitt and I wanted to create this sort of like virgin uh, empire, yeah. really. It was really weird. So I was looking at Richard Branson selling apples at school and uh, I was actually selling sweets at school. I actually created wow. a, uh, a secret compartment in my bag that I could go down to the Wednesday market, fill it full of sweets, completely, you know, against uh, the school rules or whatever, but I wanted to make some extra buck. Um, and I'd fill it full of sweets. I'd go there, disguise it from the teachers and sell all these sweets as uh, yeah. the, the other pupils and, and make a nice little bit of money each week. And my, my grand scheme was to be like Richard Branson. He would go to school, he'd sell these apples, and then he'd build an empire from, you know, yeah. that salesman approach. You know, it was Virgin uh, Virgin Media to start with, then he went to Virgin Plains, and now he's, you know, space uh, exploration. So um, I wanted to have this mitten empire. <laughs> really um, and I know it sounds a bit sad going into kind of what my grand scheme of things as a yeah. child was like this big <laughs> empire business um, but it's actually the truth that's where I wanted to go and how did you pivot from this like oh what was the first step for you to go on to this dream if you're still dreaming of building this empire on your own well it was definitely the sun of sweets you know uh, by the age of 19 I actually set up my own business as well wow Um, while at college, uh, it was actually only car valeting, so completely away from what I'm doing now in the sales and commercial aspects of, of gaming. Yeah. Um, but it was a good step to kind of get used to how a business is run, how you manage people, how you work in between, how you sell, um, how you gain business, the marketing side of it. Um, you know, and I, I actually kind of lent on my dad's business, mm -hmm. which is a printing business, to get exposure with the marketing side yeah. of things. So I learned from an early age, you know, uh, kind of where I wanted to go. And I was definitely in the business sector and, and at least own a piece of the pie for myself. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't really work out. But, you know, it was a, it was a massive growing stage for me. And, and how come you got into this field, the iGaming field? Oh, quite a funny story, actually. Um, so, We are all so here for it. Is, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, so um, I, I started out with this business idea. Um, it really didn't go to plan. I was uh, uh, put in a bad situation, let's say, by, by another company in the takeover merger. So it, I really wasn't in a good place in my head. And I had family here and, and friends who, who supported me. And uh, it essentially was like a cousin to me. So their family invited me over to Malta, which is obviously the gaming hub of, of Central yeah. Europe. So that was kind of my birth into this atmosphere. Of, I, I really didn't really know what online gaming was. Um, I didn't know what companies were out there. I knew a couple just from the old sports betting at the time. I didn't even know casino and slots, yeah. which is my main product now. Um, and I just came to the Malta on a whim, just saying I need at least a break away from the UK. I need some sunshine. You know, let, let's see where this leads. And uh, I actually ended up working on uh, the other side of the island, just in, just in a bar, making cocktails to start. Wow. And then uh, my, my second job was just uh, working in City of London. I think a lot of people in Malta would actually know that. But I was working there for three months, just, uh, you know, getting laid to land in Malta. And someone randomly approached me saying, you know, I really like your charisma and your character behind the bar. You know, uh, let's get you in for an interview. And it, it started off from there. Wow. And that was with... Uh, 
it was with Mr. Green at the time. And then, uh, you know, there was a, a long progression for me. I absolutely aced the interview uh, going into customer service. Uh, so from the ground up. Yeah, I was I about to say, from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a, it was a massive opportunity for me to actually get to know, uh, first of all, the bottom level of business and understand kind of customer complaints and, you know, understand where the frailties are and most of the issues are coming from, from within the casino and then work my way up into the management and whatnot and then eventually find my feet and decide, you know, which direction I wanted to go within the casino business. Wow. Um, I'm curious to ask you what was the moment because you actually got into this business almost by accident I would say like it was kind of a mm-hmm. universal law or something like that yeah. because you kind of attracted it manifested yeah. it in a way um, so yeah so what was the moment for you that you felt that yeah this is right for me like what happened or any encounter that you had experience that you had I mean that gaming is completely different from anything else I've experienced before. I've done sales for my dad's printing business and my own business. I've worked in, you know, more manual jobs, yeah. boosted to that. And the setting for, for gaming in general, the way you're kind of treated uh, as a person is totally different from anything I've experienced. Yeah. Um, um, I would say even just the incentives, the way they treat you, kind of uh, the, the wage bracket runs straight off the bat and the, the, various different opportunities you have to go into any specific field within gaming yeah. uh, the opportunities are kind of endless so straight away I was a bit amused I was like wow okay what is this I, I managed to just you know this thing just fell on my lap and I'm here obviously this is fate I'm going to utilize this for a reason I'm going to find out exactly where my passions lie uh, and really persevere with that and, and that's kind of what I did is there is anything specific that pops to your mind like any encounter or something that you achieved that you were super proud of yourself that you said wow this is for me yeah um it's, it's quite a hard one I, I, I wouldn't say really uh, a challenge there's been various challenges uh, across my career we have you know daily challenges yeah. here a software bit that we have to overcome um but I, I would say uh You know, the, the different bosses which I've had over the years in gaming have definitely influenced mm-hmm. me. I've always tried to kind of take specific attributes from different yeah. bosses and say, right, that's what I want to mold myself to be. And I think when you've been around so many different managers, you understand what you don't want to do towards your team and the company and what you want to actually build yourself into. Yeah. So I would say I, I've taken them various. I don't want to, you know, shove their names out. Yeah. They, they all know who they are. I can't take <laughs> you know who you like, are, people. Think, you know who you are. You do. You, do, you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think the, the ones I, I kind of have a negative thing towards and and, um, and they definitely know who they are too because I'm very vocal about these. Um, so they definitely know. Uh, but I've kind of, so what I can say, I've, I've, I've morphed myself, at least I've tried to morph myself into the leader And into the person that I wanted to be from various different managers over the years. You seem to be a very positive guy, so let's focus on the positive. Give me one yes. lesson uh, or one advice, a piece of advice you've learned from a boss that you had in this field. You don't need to uh, mention him by name if you don't want, but just the advice or the, or the insight <laughs> that you've gotten. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there, was a, there was one thing that stuck with me my whole career, and it was just the same right from the start. And it was from my first... Uh, manager going into the casino business and, and he said uh, you know Daniel you, you've got a rope you know you can walk as far and as long as you want just don't hang yourself mate mm. 
you know what I'm saying? And I use that to this day. I use that to this day. I, and obviously the, the old proverb, you know, work smarter, not harder. That was another one yeah. that came from the following bus as well. And let's flip the script. What is the biggest lesson that you try to, um, to give to your employees, to people yeah. that work with you or under you? Well, work out, get paid. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would say I, I, would, I always focus on, on efficiency. I, I do. I always say that, you know, if you can make a couple of changes around structural or, or quality checking um, and focus on efficiency, your day-to-day and your quality of work is going to be another level. So that would say is one of my main kind of focus points for our team and our company. Do you struggle with that sometimes with being efficient? Because I know that specifically on your, uh, on your job, everything is so hectic. So many things are happening simultaneously. And sometimes yeah. it's very easy to get your eyes off the ball. So how do you stay efficient? Yeah. Structure, yeah. structure, structure, structure. You, you have to set processes in motion um, that, that, that kind of pick up on the quality points and make sure there is a quality checker stage for everything. On, on top of that, it's, it's documentation. Mm. You know, if, if you don't have a fallback in documentation, you know, you've got new members coming in and out of your team, left, right, and center. If you don't have a fallback and a process kind of established and agreed across departments, um, then everything's going to fall away underneath you. Uh, another point is communication. You know, communication is key in this industry. Um, you have to make sure the right communication lines are set up uh, and that everyone is being very vocal yeah. to make sure there's no issues across. Is there is one situation that comes up to your mind about lack of communication that you were able to resolve? Yeah, um, not, not one particular. I mean, it happens all the time. It, it could just be uh, decisions made without mm-hmm. the right prior approval. You know, you just have to, you know, Evaluate every instance uh, on an actual basis. You need to take it uh, with the right personnel uh, and you need to uh, tackle it straight away, you know, because if you let these things continue, then it's just going to cause further rot and there's going to be a lack of cohesion across the team. So uh, you just got to act very uh, dynamic yeah. around, around the different teams uh, and make sure you tackle it head on. Um, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so- sounds, sounds um, uh, true. Um, I'm always wondering about people like yourself. I call them super achievers, people that really got themselves into high positions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everybody knows it, that sometimes you have these days when you feel kind of low energy and you don't want to do what you got to do. And I'm, 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 I want to, to ask you, uh, how do you deal with these days? Because I'm pretty sure like you as everybody else, sometimes have these types of days that you just don't feel like it. How do you coach yourself into doing the stuff that you need to do? Well, I have a guy that's a, a walking pharmacy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It took me no, a so, minute so, to hear yeah, it. I, know, I nearly had you there. I know. You didn't know if I was joking or not. You know, it's a walking pharmacy. What's in it? What's me up? No, um, you know, I, I'm having one of those days actually today. I might not look it, but I mean, in the middle of the night, I actually woke up with a migraine and then oh. I had to get over it to actually jump on this this uh, podcast. So, oh you know, God. you get those moments that pop up, you know, so... So obviously getting the right nutrition in you straight off the bat, you know, making sure you've got a calorie dense meal in you and, and making sure that, you know, uh, you, you do have the right energy levels to actually do any single uh, format task. Um, 
Yeah, um, I have a go-to uh, Trello that I use daily yeah. to make sure I'm on top of all my projects and tasks. That you know, if you you can't recollect things or you know you don't have things written down, you're going to lose your path. You're going to lose your way. So always make sure, or at least I do, um, that I have everything written down. I have a to-do list, and and I can come in even with low energy or whatever. I I can crack on and, and really make sure we achieve in that day. You know, I think that the example that you just gave was super powerful because you said. Uh, I had this horrible migraine at night and now I'm on yes, this podcast yes. and I'm just thinking to yes. myself, you know, this podcast is, is a passion project of mine uh, mm-hmm. and you really were kind enough to be here and share your story. And I'm just thinking about so many other people that would have said, you know what? I just slept horrible tonight. I don't feel like doing yeah, an interview yeah. and we'll just postpone it to yeah. uh, some other day. And I think that just the dedication yeah. of doing something little as yeah. this is kind of uh, foresight, if that's the word, the right word to use for your entire um, uh, attitude towards work and maybe even towards be, life, yeah, actually just, doing, the, doing yeah, stuff even yeah. when you don't feel like it. Uh, and it makes me uh, wonder, maybe you can recall who's the one, maybe your father, your mother, and uh, a teacher, I don't know, that really uh, inspired you to be that way, that you looked at and, be, and and you were like, wow, I really like this attitude. I'm going to uh, adopt it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes from, comes from within. I think you're born with a certain attitude and a certain kind of uh, path to follow. Obviously, there's different divergence. Um, but, but definitely my father as well. He was always a savvy businessman. I always looked up to him in that regard, at least a very strong man. Um, didn't speak too many words, but always knew his path. And he had this kind of never say die attitude. You know, he, he would just always do uh, and never let people down. So I, I would say I've definitely humbly taken that kind of persona from, from my father. And then obviously I've had uh, little moments along the way where I've uh, adjusted myself yeah wow that's very powerful what what is your dad is doing these days um he owns a printing business in the uk oh, he's still doing that he's, he's owned it. yeah yeah he's uh i think he's gonna retire soon he's, he's about on the edge <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know he's been doing it for 20 24 years he set up his business on his own and he's been running from company so wow. you know he, yeah yeah and an inspiration to me because uh you know, in the end of the day, I think a lot of people eventually want to work for themselves or at least create something uh, of their own, you know, in this life. So he's definitely done that. And so it's a little bit of inspiration for me. Yeah. And do you live close to one another or does he live in different country, different no, cities? Totally. So, I mean, I've been at the house since uh, 19 year old and I'm at 31. So, um, yeah. I've been uh, internationally abroad since 21 as well. So, uh, we've been apart for quite some time, but, you know, we regularly see each other. Wow, I, ha- I have to stop you right there. Like, you've been on your mm-hmm. own since 19 years old. Like, yes, I, I'm, yes. I'm trying to remember uh, myself, to recall as uh, how I was at 19. I was a mess. I was really a mess. <laughs> uh, me too. Don't worry. I, I was still a kid. That's what I was that. You know, I can't mm-hmm. even imagine being on myself. Like, even today, I'm 30 years yeah. old. Uh, you know, sometimes family uh, is asking me, what about kids? And I'm like, what kids? I'm, I'm a kid myself. I'm trying to handle yeah, myself. Yeah. So how come you were on and your they, own? They can make the best fathers, man. <laughs> they, they can, you know. <laughs> I've still got traits in myself. I, I might come across another difference, but I've still got those childish quirks. For sure. So how come? Yeah. How come you've been on yourself from 19 years old? It sounds very um, ambitious, I would say, the list. How come? Yeah, no, I just wanted to, I wanted my own... Uh, 
solidarity and, and in your space. That, that was it, really. That was a starting point. I, I had a, a loving father, loving mother. I can't say anything about, you know, a household we lived in the area. It was, a, it was all very nice, you know. Um, had the right upbringing, I would say. Um, but yeah, I just wanted my own space and I had my own career path at, at that time, 19. I uh, remember I started off my business. So I had money coming in myself to actually uh, be singular um, and kind of, you know, seek my own path in this life. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, looking back, I would say it was probably a little bit too early, yeah. to be honest. Uh, I was definitely... I was definitely still a kid. I probably had some learning to do and I made mistakes, but you know, all those mistakes, they, they, they kind of build you to be the person you are today. So again, can you say you regret it when, you, when you're here, sitting here and very happy with a family and a, a position that you, you kind of wanted to yeah. be at this stage? I don't think you can. I, you can kind of say it's all fate leading to now. Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs said you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Uh, so I think yeah. it's one yeah. of these situations when you learn stuff and you don't know how this situation is setting you up yeah. for the next one and the next one mm -hmm. um, what do you think uh, is the is the best uh, quality or lesson learned or whatever you choose to, uh, to phrase it as that you've learned from this experience of being on your own in such a young uh, age that uh, impacted you up to up to today Oh, definitely mental strength. I mean, that's something you don't get within a family setting still. I mean, you could go to the age of, you know, uh, 28 even, and if you're still surrounded by family that do things and, yeah. and take care of you, then you, you don't really have that mental strength to kind of bridge out. You have to be on your own to kind of learn those aspects. So that's definitely a positive thing that I learned, but it also kind of takes away a little bit from your childhood, I would say. You know, um, it, it strikes me because I live, I have a friend that I live with, Uh, she's amazing. Her name is Daphna. And we always get to talk about it, about what you just said, about having this uh, mental mm. strength and the ability to be mm. on your own uh, because she comes from a very wealthy family that really supports her fully. So she can do whatever she wants and if everything just you know moves a little bit, she has this... Um, um and support that net support whatever uh so she has that uh, and me for myself you know i need to take care of things uh all by myself and i think it's really a different attitude uh towards life and i think that this attitude is the attitude that allows you to really go outside of your comfort zone you know what i mean like because yes, you know that okay. it doesn't matter what happens i have myself to lean on because i already done it again and again and again and i think specifically in your in your type of uh Of, of a job it's very important to be able to do it because there is so much on the table and so many risks that need to be taken in order to succeed in business and uh, on the personal level that if you don't have this mental strength you won't be able to make these decisions really mm -hmm. uh, is there is anything that comes exactly. comes to mind to you regarding that I mean I, I would say definitely kind of the homeowner aspect of, of life, you know, making those key decisions to kind of take yourself to that next level, making sure that, you know, you are grown enough to make those savings to actually take you to that next yeah. level. These sort of key decisions, I don't think you would, you would naturally take if you're in a, a let's say, a family-run setting where everyone else is kind of doing your, your daily, daily needs and kind of supporting you in certain aspects. I think you'd more be focusing on... The, the travel and social aspect of your life rather than yeah. kind of, um, you know, in improving uh, your own singular life. So def definitely those sort of cases, um, it, it gives you up for, for sure. And is there is an example for a tough decision that you uh, had to make on the business level or in the personal level? 
that comes to mind? Um, yeah, no, no, de definitely. I, I mean, uh, it's always about stuff, isn't it? A, a lot of things that are kind of tugged to emotion, it is very hard for a manager. Mm. And you've got to kind of set yourself apart. So hard decisions usually come down to stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you have to let someone go or there's certain reasons about it and how you go about it, when you've got those emotional ties to people and staff in your company, then that's where you get a really hard decision. Um, I think on the business side, I think it's very uh, easy to make a logical decision on, on which direction the business wants to go. Or even from a commercial point, you know, you're hashing out deals. There's no real kind of emotional um, connection there. But when you're dealing with people, that's where it's a very hard decision. What is your go-to um, approach to uh, handling with people if you have to let somebody go? You know, I just had a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I had a podcast with uh, an amazing person, uh, Fernando from uh, Betrix, and he told me on the podcast okay. that he had to let go of, uh, I think it was 200 or 300 people wow. yeah, from a location. Wow. That they had because they had something with the government, not something uh, that has to do with business, but really more yeah. legality and stuff like that. And you know, it was a tough one just to hear his story to let go of 200, 300 people. You know, it's difficult. It's yeah, heavy. yeah. No, I, I definitely don't envy someone in those positions, that's for certain. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think a recent case, uh, you know, similar to that was kind of uh, the net and life when evolution acquired them to make that decision to kind of get uproots the business kind of, uh, and, you know, let go so many kind of people that have been integral to yeah. the net and life side of, of the business previously. Um, that must've been a hard decision, but I, I can imagine as a CEO of that company, you know, in the end of the day, you've got to kind of tether yourself away when it's such a big business decision yeah. compared to a, a kind of singular human aspect. You've got to kind of tell yourself away and say, look, th this is, we're, we're going to have to take the emotions out of this. We're going to have to be a robotic in this decision. What's best for our company? What's best for growth? You know, even if it means, you know, unfortunately letting go so many different people and you can feel sympathetic and you feel heartfelt. Um, th there's no way in hell he can view that emotional response uh, in his head when he's making those decisions. Um, and how would I go about it personally in that aspect? Yeah, completely detach myself from the emotions um, and make a logical business decision for the growth of the company. Um, when it comes to personnel, you know, um, empathy is a big thing to have. You know, you, you can emphasize with certain traits in the personality and the reasons for it, um, unless obviously it's very severe. So I would say empathy is a big part to, to letting someone go, um, unless there's kind of clerical errors from their side and it is really severe. Yeah. Um, how many employees do you have under you? I have, I have 18, 18 now, and then there's contingents to different departments and so on. Um, we kind of control the, the commercial product and marketing across the whole software group at the moment. So many different departments and, and personal kind of lead off that central casino team that we have. Do you think they will say you're a good boss? I would hope so. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at one now smiling at me, so uh, I would hope so. <laughs> Um, and in my heart of hearts, I, I do believe, uh, you know, th there's an air of respect there, which you always need as a boss, but you've also got to connect with them on a personal level, yeah. at least, you know, your direct, you know, middle management towards a team. Um, and we definitely do that. We, we have, uh, we have fun times. We have hard times. We, we laugh. Uh, we don't cry. <laughs> we, we, don't cry. we don't cry. We don't cry in front of one another yet. at least. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> could be in the bathroom, you never know. But you know, the anger, the, the there's, there's a variable different amount of different emotions across the office at any given day. Um, but yeah, I think we respect it and like each other for sure. What do you think is your best quality as a manager, and what is the quality that you would like to improve upon? Um, for me, I mean, probably, uh, you know, asking my team would be a better response in regards to my qualities. Um, you know, you probably get a more clinical response. But from my side, I would say I make very good, quick decisions. And another point I would say is I feel people's emotions. So I can get a really quick gauge of someone's personality and emotions from meeting them within uh, one sitting. So that works well with hiring people. Uh, know who you're dealing with on a commercial discussion. So I would say that are my two biggest uh, positives in regards to management of this company. Uh, negatives, um, patience. Used to be, well, my daughter taught me that now. Um, <laughs> negatives. You always have to have a negative. So I'm going to have to answer this one, but it's always very hard. And it's one of my questions I always give on an interview as well. So <laughs> if I don't answer it now, at I'm least gonna, you I'm don't say be, I'm uh, too perfectionist. That that's the yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe like sometimes overly heavy on attention to detail. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say sometimes you can go a little bit too far, you know, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to actually implement a process than I have planned out in my head. So, yeah, that's where the kind of impatience comes in a little bit still yeah. and <laughs> probably pushing a little bit too much on, on, on quality a little bit too quick. That's very interesting. And, you know, I have to say, I want to elaborate on what you said earlier about your ability to really connect with people. And I really feel it yeah. right now, personally, because people Good. people don't know, but we didn't really have a chance uh -huh. to talk a lot before this uh, interview. I maybe talked to you like five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, in the event, in our first conversation. And I yeah. feel so yeah. relaxed talking to you. Um, and Good. you really have, you are really... Um, It's natural for you. That's the that would be the best way to Thank phrase you. it. Um, and it makes me wonder: Are you like an avid reader of uh, self development uh, books or courses, or is or or maybe there is anything else that you do to really support yourself and to uh, learn more about yourself so you can operate better in the world with people and in business and so on? Mm. Do you know? Do you know? I think a lot of people kind of go down the, the book route. I'm, I'm kind of an avid learner of, of people. Mm. Like I said, I picked up different traits from different people and kind of molded myself. So I'm more that way inclined. So I'll meet very interesting people where I can say, right, this guy's got something to say. This guy's got something I can learn from. Yeah. Um, and I'll have a conversation. And so probably that's why I'm so good at connecting with people that I can soak up knowledge, soak up these relationships like and kind of build... Yes, yeah, uh, and take that on myself and kind of hopefully improve or, or evolve myself in, into the person I want to be. Um, books, I don't really have time at the moment, to be honest. I used to read books, I used to play a lot of sports, but with family at the moment and work, uh, it's, uh, there's not a lot of time in between. And uh, probably I would choose sports over books at the moment, to be honest, <laughs> to actually, you know, release, to release some of those, uh, you know, anxiety levels that we have. Yeah, so. yeah, most definitely. Um... I want to ask you, uh, what are your hobbies besides uh, besides sports, if you have any? Oh, 
I mean, I, I followed Man United. And Man United haven't been in a good state for some time now. So since uh, Alex Ferguson left, you know, yeah. in a dire straight situation. Um, but, you know, I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. You know, I've been going through the tough time on that. So uh, I always watch the, watch the games. Um, follow F1, you know. Uh, most people hate me if I say uh, I do love Lewis Hamilton. Everyone thinks he's too, uh, you know, low-key. You know, everyone loves the Verstappen these days. Yeah. You know, he's a bit more hardcore. But, you know, stick with the Brits. You know, stick to your own. That's what I say. Um, yeah, so sport on TV. Um, I'm getting back into tennis slowly, which is a tennis, great game. Wow. I played a couple. Of, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of tennis and, and paddle here in Malta. It's one of the main gaming sports. So hopefully the next time we do our, our management meetings in Cyprus with our founder, Yuri, I can get him to the pitch and you know, yeah. whoop his ass a little bit. Because that, that's, what, that's what I've been hoping for. With these <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, Yuri, if you're listening, I'm, I'm coming for yeah. you. <laughs> you must, he's better be listening. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's Israeli, if I'm right. Uh, he is. Yeah, and right, also yes, myself. Yes, yes. So... That's a, yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, and we, we've got Gilad. Uh, Gilad's our CCO as well. He's Israeli. Oh. Uh, we've just taken on Joel Zuckerberg. He's Israeli as our, our CPO. Um, and uh, David Yatom is our, our new general counsel now. I believe they're all Israeli. Yeah. To how many countries you've been up to now? Oh, gosh. I, you know, I didn't travel too much uh, before. Mainly Central Europe. Um, Probably, probably I've been to 20 separate countries, but wow. probably 15 of those are, are Central Europe. Wow. Uh, probably 10 of those are for business. Yeah. How, how, many travel, how many travels do you have a year? At least 10, I would say. Wow. At least 10, yeah. At least. It, it's nothing on our director of B2B sitting next to me, though. He's, he's an easy 25. He's, uh, he's, he's Mr. Universe, this guy. He's traveling all the time. Wow. You know, I, I, I cannot think about how intense it can be to have this job, to have all these flights, to have family. What is your best advice for balancing everything? Structure. <laughs> okay. I'm always balancing back. Yeah. Um, if I go home, sometimes I have to create a to-do list for a Saturday. It's that bad these days. You know, um, because you have to get everything ready before you travel. Um, and then, yeah, the, I think when you leave as well, you're leaving a gap, right? So if you're, you know, a hands-on manager, you're leaving a gap in your team. And if you don't have that kind of, uh, if you don't have that lead manager in your team, when you leave, there's something missing, right? Yeah. So you have to install the right team behind you and the right instructions behind you. Let's say if you do like a OKR board, then you've all got targets to deliver and you're going to be away for a month out of a quarter, yeah. then you leave that with them and you have the right people installed to actually deliver for, for the business. Um, so I think, I think the team structure and kind of uh, targets are, are very important for continuation of business when, when you're traveling so much. And then the, the travel aspect itself, I, I think you just get used to traveling so much personally. I mean, I used to hate flying. Now it's just like you go into a robot phase, you're on those flights, yeah, you know, you're about all the time. you miss days, but yeah, you'll be the same, exactly, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So My boss knows, Sneer knows, if you're listening, you better yeah. be listening, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get this man a pay <laughs> Exactly. You know, you just, you just uh, said something about structure, about building a team. When yeah. you're interviewing uh, a new employee, what are you looking for, yeah. personally? 
Um, personality, we have to get along with the with the team straight off the bat. You know, the, you build a certain ethics and, and kind of ethos in your team, and those people have to come in and it has to run smoothly. So, personality is a big point. Um, they have to have their own autonomy, but that's obviously dependent on different positions because yeah. you can have operational positions which they can grow, they can lean into. They're always going to need training. Um, and then you look into the different different fields you're hiring and the specific skill sets that you're looking for in the marketing, commercial, product management position. Um, so you can have different variables and questions that you can answer inside each um, role, I would say. Were you ever wrong with your analysis or with your conclusion about a person you've interviewed that you thought that, yeah, this is the right person and then something happened yeah. and you were like, whoa, okay, I yeah. haven't seen this coming. Do you know, I, I had, I had, I, I would say a hundred percent kind of success rate. Wow. Um, and then there was one, there was, there was one and, uh, you know, it, it's not working out exactly how I, I planned it. Sometimes you can, you can give, and this was me kind of emphasizing with them because they were coming from a different background. I thought this, this kind of person needed a new lease, lease of life. Yeah. And that's what I had in my brain because I've, I've been there where I had to move company yeah. to kind of get that new lease of life and grow. Yeah. Um, and this was coming from a different background. They were already down, but we've heard slight complaints about them inside the team. And I just thought it was kind of uh, frustrations or, or on this person kind of not or clashing with yeah. different members in the team. Uh, and, and maybe they might be wrong because I'm getting a different vibe from this person. I'm getting the vibe that, you know, this person just wants to go into a field that they love uh, and they want to grow and they want to be given enthusiasm around their job. Um, so, you know, I went with that, that good feeling and uh, it didn't <laughs> work out in the end because the same sort of conflicts are now were were actually popping up in our team um and it, it was an unfortunate situation what was the lesson for you in this well i've still got a 98 success rate so <laughs> not much of a lesson there <laughs> everyone can make a mistake that's a lesson <laughs> and also that you are human also yeah you are not... that's, a, that's a good one that's a good one yeah that's a good one I'm not a robot, but at least I, I don't think so. What is, what is it that you love the most about doing what you do? Um, I used to love the product so much. I mean, that was the main reason to get into casino. It was the product, it was the games. It was getting to know the mechanics, the people behind it, um, you know, how we can actually push it and, and make this game a success and, and why these games individually are a success compared to others. So originally it was that. Um, for me now, it's mainly the relations that I love. I get, love getting to know, you know people in similar sort of positions to me, uh, similar sort of interests, yeah. and just striking a conversation uh, around different topics in, in gaming. Um, that's what interests me. Um, probably, probably the delivery is the most satisfying thing. Yeah. Um, when we've got projects, when we've got something that we've got to get across the line, uh, when we've got to build a team from scratch, when you actually deliver, that's when I get the buzz. For this business i would say and why do you define um success when you say making this game successful what how does it look like it's well it's data is key data is key in this day and age so it's looking at the data assessing it compared to similar sort of builds uh, similar sort of games um from the same stature providers with the same amount of marketing and then just looking at the data uh, and seeing which is the most successful probably across actives, uh, wagering, and uh, revenue that you make from the games across brands. And you said earlier that you like 
um, talking with different colleagues about different topics in gaming. What is your favorite, most interesting topic for you in this field? I, I would say, what is the future of gaming? It's always the most interesting topic that I bring about. Um, and on top of that, I would say the mechanics around games. So again, it's the future of gaming. What's the next big mechanic? Is it going to be an, an IP mechanic that someone's going to IP and you know take over the market, which we've seen with, with certain providers recently? Again, I don't want to name drop because there's a lot <laughs> out there. I work with 100 different providers, and someone's going to have a negative view on it if I do yeah. name drop. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's always looking into what is the next big thing. So from a provider, it's like, what is the next big release? What is the next uh, provider to come about that's going to take the market by storm? Um, from technology, you know, for me, kind of the social landscape of, of gaming is, is probably the biggest, um, you know, future improvement. I would say what, uh, you know, I can I can name drop here what Lifespins and, and Beyond Play are doing with the, the kind of multiplayer technology yeah. on these social aspects. and. And kind of green jade have done with the arcade games which is kind of bringing in this hyper social model of player um i've talked on it before um definitely that is one future characteristic to gaming that will eventually flourish and will eventually take over and probably be at the heart of every casino out there um the other side is obviously emerging crypto mm. side of the business which is completely unregulated at the moment imagine if that's that's regulated and across every regulation that would be absolutely massive for the business um otherwise than that you know topics around new regulation and uh, changes in regulation for example ontario and us i think everyone's got their their eyes and ears yeah. pinpointed as the future of gaming that's where everyone's kind of leading to it's kind of like the promised land the holy grail uh, the big gold pot that everyone wants to take a market share of so um we're the same way inclined we, we've got our eyes on yeah um, and on the personal level, what is your vision for yourself for the future? Well, yeah, that's a hard one, actually, because yeah, if my boss is watching, <laughs> he's going to come back to this video. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, for, for me, I've, I've, kind of, I've kind of reached uh, the pinnacle point in gaming. I think director of gaming is, is kind of where I was aiming for yeah. uh, as soon as I kind of got into casino. It's a big, it a big task and there's a lot of effort to actually get here within a short space of time. And, and probably I am uh, the youngest director of gaming, well, or if not one of a few yeah. in, in my field. So I feel I've accomplished a lot so far. Um, and obviously I want to be humble about that. So I have to say that I'm very happy. And uh, uh, and I have to also say that kind of the team and the people around me and uh, my previous uh, Managers and bosses are, are probably the reason on top of my kind of, you know, drive to actually get here. Uh, the future for me, um, uh, I would say, you know, the next, the next stage is obviously C-level, owning a business, making top, top level decisions for a business all the way down. Do you think that um, if you own your own business, it's going to be in the iGaming field or do you think about different uh, different industries or fields? No, it's, it's definitely going to be on game. I mean, my passion, my love is here. Yeah, no, it would have to be. It would have to be. Unless some revolutionary idea comes to me in my dreams, um, this, this is where my skills are, this is where my knowledge is, and this is where my relations are. So, you know, I, I think this, this business is beautiful. I, I think the people inside of it are amazing. Um, and I count myself very lucky to be at where I am right now. And I don't see myself uh, leading away from gaming, at least anytime soon. And on the personal level? Unrelated to business, what is your vision for yourself? Yeah. Uh, 
maybe a nice villa in Spain with a pool. That would be nice, especially <laughs> moving away from Malta, I would say, with the family and little kids running about and, you know, maybe working a nice hybrid model, um, you know, and delegating a lot of tasks elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, we're talking future. Yeah. We're talking future. You know, yeah. we started this conversation talking about your uh, uh, newborn kid, child. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious to ask you, what would be the one thing if if there could be only one thing that you would like mm-hmm. your your girl to remember about you when she gets older what would be this one thing i would say my big heart i would say my big heart you know um i, I think a business sometimes i can come across pretty sincere um pretty strict sometimes but always if people get to know them they know I've got a big heart and I can relate with people so I, I would think my daughter the one thing I'd, I'd love her to remember um, if there was one thing then it, it would be how much love uh, attention and, and kind of um, positive influence I, I gave on her life from that aspect wow that's beautiful you know I, I love it so much that you I, I asked this question many times many many people even in daily life I ju- I'm just curious about it and every time people are giving me this super long uh, winded uh, answer and I like it that you were so succinct and so specific it's so beautiful it, it makes more impact okay. so I'm pretty sure that everything that you do is really stems for from this actually and uh, be an example of this so it's very beautiful I like it. like it a lot Thank you, uh, and I have to say also that um, one of the things that I thought when I got into this uh, project of interviewing different business people and business leaders uh, was that many of them are going to be very you know killer instinct business person you know not that emotional mm-hmm. very self-centered and I'm so happy to to get to know more people that are like you and your, yourself of course that are very honest genuine, Uh, open-minded with a big heart really and it really it really transcends really I yeah. really enjoy it just, just, just one thing on that I, I, I don't I don't think you need to get to the top echelon of the business and really corrupt yourself yeah. at least that's what I've learned I, I think people can be corrupted and they have to change the personality I really don't think in this day and age you really have to I think I think if you have that right exuberance and dedication uh, and they can tell you know how much you are enthusiastic about your role and your growth, mm. then, then you can make it. You can definitely make it on it. Yeah. I just had this conversation also with Fernando that we said that sometimes there are managers, especially C-levels, that are mm-hmm. uh, at their position for the sake of the position. And there are people who are getting to these positions to empower other people and to have a real impact on, on their co-workers, their employees, and yeah. the entire business and yeah. the world. And uh, this is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think that eventually... The business leaders who succeed the most are those who are mm-hmm. helping others succeed as well and not just you know pushing I, I everybody say, down I, I would totally agree in the end of the day they might have a, a quicker fast track to that end position yeah um, but I think they're corrupting their whole personality because when they go back home can they say they're truly happy with how they treat every person that they've been in such a fail that whole day or can they be truly happy with the, the atmosphere within their team and their ethics? Um, in some cases probably not at least I can I can go to bed at night and say do you know what at least I think everyone is happy with the way they're treated um, within the team and and on top of that you know we have a good head on ourselves we have a good strategy we're delivering more than most out there it's not like your personality has to change your your business plans and your delivery from a business point of view it's a completely separate topic 
to me at least. Amazing. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I highly appreciate it. Yeah. I had the most yeah, fun talking really to you. And me too, me too. Really appreciate and it. And on top of it, <laughs> just knowing now that you had this really horrible night and you showed up is just a whole different level of appreciation. It's still, still hurting, man, to be honest. <laughs> it's still hurting me a little bit. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, that's the thing. You've just got to power through sometimes and I didn't want to let you down and anyone that's slogging him down. So, uh, you know, we had to make this. Yeah. We had to make this. Okay, thank you so much and everybody, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Daniel. Pleasure. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All the best.